is caught in the end zone for a touchdown. In the end zone. And welcome to the North Pole, everybody. A Christmas special. Merry Christmas to everybody watching. That was a pathetic display by the Minnesota Vikings. I am full-heartedly upset. I am devastated. That is the worst Christmas I've ever had as a human in 23 years of life. <sighs> that one, 52 to 33. Vikings get demolished. Nick Barnes, Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you to everybody who's tuning in on this Christmas Day. I hope everybody had a much better Christmas than I did. I still can't get over that loss. I really can't. Uh, just an initial reaction from that game was our defense is nameless, they're faceless, and they suck. They, I, I couldn't recognize about nine tenths of that defense, or I should say nine elevenths of the defense. The two players I recognized were Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, and they hardly showed up in this game. Just go through the box score and just pick apart how bad this Viking team was on defense. Alvin Kamara, 22 carries, 155 yards, and this is not a typo. Six touchdowns. Six, six touchdowns. That is incredible. I am sorry for anybody who had or were, was playing against Alvin Kamara on fantasy football. That really, really stinks going into the championship game. I know a couple people who are going up against Alvin Kamara, my best friend, as well as my brother who are both playing in championship games. Uh, and let's go to the comment section and listen to some of these comments. Tom Scavetta, thanks for watching. Dalvin Cook let me down tonight. Why did Minnesota not use him on that last touchdown drive? Um, well, I mean, I think the Vikings at this point offensively, I think they did more than enough to keep them in the game. Um, I mean, I know for a fantasy owner, not playing Dalvin Cook probably isn't great. But at this point, I can't really complain with how the Vikings treated Dalvin Cook in this game. There was really, really no use for him after the first half. Once this game was clear that the Saints were not giving any ground on offense, at that point, I was perfectly content with Dalvin Cook taking a rest and and not even not even sitting up in that in that second half or even on that last drive because the Vikings at this point they need to keep everybody healthy. And I'll talk about it after my reaction. How dangerous this team could be next year because, I mean, the only thing worse than this defense was listening to Troy Aikman and Joe Buck call this game. But Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were right. This team is going to be dangerous for years to come. Uh, <laughs> James Montefusco with the comment, Cook was not cooking. I think it was a combination of him not being needed because they're losing. And second, I think they just didn't recognize or they didn't, they could not, the Vikings do this often. Dalvin Cook starts the game super hot every game, really good first drive, and then the team goes down because their defense is awful. And then Dalvin Cook kind of shies away from the ball. Or they, the offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak, stops giving him the ball because they're just, they, they need to get back in the game. 
And in this one, I actually liked a lot of what I saw from a few guys. And that was, um, that was Irv Smith Jr. with two catching touchdowns. Uh, and Adam Thielen had a solid game as well. Matt Masterson. <laughs> yep, that's, that's who was by Alvin Cabrera. I'm sorry, Matt. It's tough, tough luck for you. Tough luck. Maybe next year. And just wanted to be known. My team would have beat Matt's team and Kevin O'Brien's team. Although my team did not make the playoffs, Matt, good luck to the rest of the championship game. You'll, you're going to need it versus uh, Rob Murphy and other all these guests coming on the show, all great at fantasy football. Lisa Musico with the comment, love the hat. Thanks, Lisa. Really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> and then, all right, let's get back to some positives here. Let's go. Let's get some positives. Nick Barnes, thank you, Nick, for for lifting my spirits. Defense got two ints. Yes, Hardy Nickerson and. I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, the other interception was Harrison Hand, who two guys coming into this week, I hardly knew. They were very, very new to this team. Harrison Hand was a fifth round draft pick. Hardy Nickerson, I believe, was a late round draft pick, late seventh rounder, maybe. I'm not sure, maybe undrafted. Either way, those two guys who don't see the field ever got interceptions in this game. And I got to say, guys, I don't know what you feel about Drew Brees. Ryan Navarro, thank you for watching. Go Saints. Uh, if you're a Saints fan, Ryan, I'd love to, to hear what you think about Drew Brees because after this game, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Drew Brees is not an elite quarterback. The way he threw the ball in this game at times looked like a paper airplane soaring through the air. Uh, it was in the air as long as some of Britton Colquitt's punts for Minnesota. It's not an impressive throw, but... It works, and against a defense like Minnesota, gotta give credit to Drew Brees. He he lit him up, but that Minnesota defense awful. Over 500 yards allowed of total offense in this game. Uh, 319 passing yards for Drew Brees. Their leading receiver, and you gotta realize this is without Michael Thomas, 319 yards receiving. Emmanuel Sanders led the way with 83 receiving yards on a clip of 21 yards a catch. Jared Cook with 27 yards a catch with three catches and 82 yards. Adam Troutman um, sounds more like a news reporter or a sports reporter than a football player. He had two catches for 45 yards, and uh, one of those went for 41 yards. So, Minnesota, <laughs> uh, what's going on with that secondary? It's been the Achilles heel all year. But geez, Mike Zimmer, at what point do you guys have to fix something? Because this whole game, I'm just yelling at the TV. Get up on these receivers. The receivers for, for the Saints were wide open, but I would have loved to see them play press coverage, play aggressive, and make Drew Brees throw the ball over 20 yards. I mean, I, I always beat on this over 20 yards thing. Drew Brees... Underneath 20 yards is excellent, but over 20, you saw in this game that that he's a vulnerable quarterback when he has to air the ball out deep. He short-armed a lot of his throws in this game, trying to protect his ribs from being roughed up under pressure, which the Vikings, I think, got one hit on him all game by Efadio Denebo, and that is kind of the problem with playing Drew Brees is if you're not getting contact on him especially in this current injury situation he's gonna eat you alive they went to Taysom Hill a lot in this game 
to kind of give Drew Brees a rest, keep him off the field and conserve him and protect him from further injury. And it worked beautifully. Sean Payton, kudos to you for bringing in Taysom Hill, mixing things up. It worked really well. Alvin Kamara can't have Drew Brees get hurt if Alvin Kamara is running for over eight yards a carry and like he did in this one. I believe actually seven yards a carry. Excuse me. Um, Latavius Murray had six yards a carry, former Minnesota Viking. Loved to see him out there, but did not like to see him doing so well. Uh, we, we're missing Eric Kendricks. We're missing Anthony Barr. We're missing Daniil Hunter. We're missing Michael Pierce, who opted out because of COVID, who would have been a huge help at defensive tackle. And then we got guys like Everson Griffin, who's gone. Guys like Limbaugh Joseph, gone. And then we're missing people at corner in this game. We just got Mark Fields waived uh, or picked up from the Titans on their practice squad. Lost guys like Holton Hill. Uh, Chris Boyd wasn't out there. So we were playing all rookies at corner today. All rookies with little to no OTAs, barely any training camp, no preseason. This was pathetic, but there are bright spots, and that is Harrison Hand. Guy made huge plays. He had an interception, and he had that forced, what looked like it was a forced fumble, but turned out to be a dropped interception by Eric Wilson on a big hit on Jared Cook. Number 38, I should add, is Harrison Hand, If in case you weren't wondering, the guy with the dreadlocks, 38, who got sometimes exposed, sometimes made nice plays. That's Vikings corners in a nutshell. 80% of the time getting exposed, 20% of the time doing something good. Cam Dantzler in this game didn't do much. Uh, the Joe Buck, gotta love Joe Buck. He's like, oh my God, they got a guy named Dantzler on the field on Christmas. Uh, that, that was not funny by Joe Buck. My impression was even worse. But I really, like, this day could not have been any worse for a Viking fan. You had to watch the game on Fox. You had to listen to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman pull words out of their butt for three hours. Um, surprisingly, the Troy Aikman Minnesota Vikings bias wasn't apparent today. He was actually very kind to the Vikings, um, which was odd. He's usually been very critical of Minnesota. Another thing I want to add was the Justin Jefferson homecoming aspect of this game. Justin Jefferson coming home to Louisiana where he won a national championship 11 months ago. His family was in the stands of 3,000 people. That's a beautiful sight for a guy like Justin who's a great guy. Got a text from Stefan Diggs this week. Stefan Diggs uh, sharing some kind words for him. And they uh, mutually agreed or mutually communicated and complimented each other. Um, it's, it's nice to see them respect each other after that really rough breakup over the, over the summer between, or in the spring rather between the Vikings and Stefan Diggs. Uh, it was an ugly breakup. Stefan Diggs wanted out and the Vikings in hindsight made out pretty well. The bills in hindsight made out really well too. Um, I looked at the stats. I don't have them right in front of me, but I remember Stefan Diggs leading the NFL with 111 catches. Going into today, Stefan Diggs had a uh, Stefan. Uh, going into today, Justin Jefferson rather had seventy-two catches and a little over a thousand receiving yards. Stefan Diggs also has almost twelve hundred receiving yards. But what separates these two guys right now, and I think it's really important that we recognize this, is that Justin Jefferson is getting paid one twelfth of what 
Stephon Diggs is getting paid. Stephon Diggs is getting paid a $60 million contract, whereas Justin Jefferson is just making a few million bucks. I think we got to realize the Vikings won this trade. And when you watch Justin Jefferson go at it with a veteran corner in Marshawn Lattimore, that was really fun to watch. Marshawn Lattimore got the better of him on a lot of those plays. But overall, I really thought Justin Jefferson showed up with six catches, 85 yards. That's still 14 yards a catch. Uh, Stephon Diggs on the season is averaging 17 yards a catch on 72 catches. Stephon Diggs is averaging just 12 yards a catch, which is still fantastic. But what's nice about Justin Jefferson is that he's averaging five yards after the catch, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, I mentioned before Irv Smith Jr. Six catches, 53 yards, two touchdowns. Excuse me. The uh, ESPN just wants to play all these clips while I'm trying to do this. Um, Looking at some more comments. James Montefusco with the comment. Didn't you guys have a starting linebacker that was a running back and wide receiver? Uh, That's funny you mentioned that, James. Yes, we did. We are plugging guys in from everywhere, similar to what the Broncos did with Kendall Hinton a few weeks ago. We are so depleted at the linebacker position. We lost Eric Hendricks for this game. He was inactive due to a calf injury. He's missed the last three games. We are out with without Anthony Barr. We knew this going into this week. So we played a guy named Blake Lynch, number 48, who was out on the field. And he looked kind of like he just got fresh off of the <laughs> out of college, fresh out of high school. Even he looked really raw. He looked incredibly small compared to all the rest of the offensive linemen and defensive linemen. But I got to give Blake Lynch credit. If I go to his stats um, and just go. Let's find his tackles. I think he was in on every play. Yeah. Blake Lynch in this game led the team in total tackles for Minnesota with 10 total tackles, led them also with seven solo tackles. Um, Like James mentioned, he was a running back in college, also was a wide receiver. Let me see where he went to college. I can't even. Oh, he went to Baylor. That's right. We have two guys with the last name Lynch from Baylor. We have James Lynch, who was our drafted fourth or fifth round defensive end. And then a guy named Blake Lynch. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that we're playing these guys. Um, Other guys that were, I think everybody out there on the field today was drafted within the last two or three years. It was, it was crazy to watch. The future is super bright. I think looking forward for Minnesota, what we need to do is we need to make some cuts. We need to make some cuts. We need to make some trades. There are people who have to go. Guys like Anthony Harris, after that showing I saw today, you know it's bad when Troy Aikman is criticizing you for your tackling ability, or it might have been even Joe Buck. They they saw Anthony Harris try to tackle Alvin Kamara, and they're like, that does not look like a tackle attempt. Anthony Harris is on his last, he's on a franchise tag. We don't have to bring him back. I think this was a great, job or a great job by Rick Spielman to give him that franchise tag this year. And now we can move on after this year. It's tough. Anthony Harris, we've loved you over the last four years, but it's time to hang it up for Minnesota uh, with you because there's a lot of money that you can make elsewhere that we really cannot pay you. Another guy that I think might be on the verge of getting traded is Harrison Smith. And I think that's just because he's another veteran who needs a lot of money because he has a resume 
that is long uh, as a Harry Potter book when it comes to NFL achievements, just football achievements in general. Harrison Smith has been a winner at every level of his football career, and I think he's better off getting to a new team and getting a, a better chance to win because the Vikings right now are going into a short rebuilding window of about two to three years. And Harrison Smith is on the wrong side of 30. Um, and I think he's better off going elsewhere where he can win immediately. So let's get Harrison Smith. Let's get Anthony Harris out of Minnesota and let's start investing in that defensive front that really, really needs help. Jaleel Johnson, Jalen Holmes, um, and Shamar Stiffen, they were all just getting decimated in this game. They, Alvin Kamara is a great, great running back, but when your linebackers and your defensive line are six yards down the field before you're even getting touched, I don't know how much credit we can give to Kamara. People still want, people say he's a top three running back. I agree. He's probably third on that list behind Henry and Cook, but this game is not one of those breakout, amazing Kamara performances. I think he's had better games this year. We have to look at the defense he was playing. Six touchdowns. Uh, I think a lot of other running backs could have scored six touchdowns on this defense today. Uh, and now looking at more comments. Tom Scavetta. I agree that the long term, in the long term, the Vikings win this trade. Right now, it's hard to believe because Diggs is going off. Buffalo has not had a number one receiver in quite some time. Give it three years and... The Vikings will have the upper hand. I think you're right, Tom. I think in a few years, the Vikings are going to profit off this much more than the Bills will. Because if you look at Buffalo right now, they're at their ceiling in terms of finances. They cannot break that bubble because they are at the top of paying people. Their offense is very highly paid. Their defense is incredibly high paid as well. They're looking at one to two years where they can win a Super Bowl based on what they're paying guys right now. Whereas Minnesota has so much young talent. Kudos to Rick Spielman again for drafting, having the most amount of draft picks because you saved your team a ton of cap space in the long run because you can afford now to get rid of some of these older, uh, heavier veterans uh, salaries like Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, and even. Uh, Anthony Barr is another guy that I think is probably way overpaid at five years, 88 million. Vikings should have let him walk to the New York Jets uh, when, when the time was up for him, but they didn't. Now we have to suffer through that contract. Um, other notes on this game, looking at the box score, was the Vikings um, in the second, in, just in the second half or in the fourth quarter alone allowed 21 points. The, the Vikings scored in every quarter. That's great. I Could this have been their most complete game as an offense? Scoring seven points in the first, seven points in the second, and then 13 in the third. Uh, it could have been one of their more complete offensive performances. I mean, it was one of those games where they got everybody involved. Uh, Adam Thielen, eight catches. Justin Jefferson, six. Irv Smith, six. Tyler Conklin, four catches. I think they should have got Dalvin Cook involved way more in the receiving game, trying to open things up. That would have been great. The Vikings have really refused to give him a lot more catches than he deserves this year. On the season, Dalvin Cook has just 44 catches and a little under 400 yards receiving. I think he, he should definitely be touching the ball more uh, out of the backfield, similar to what Alvin Kamara has been doing. If I go to Alvin Kamara's 
receiving for the entire season. I would be willing to bet he's got over 70 catches as I try to pull up his box score here uh, on the season. He has 80 catches so far for 739 yards, not to mention he has 777 rushing yards with 10 touchdowns. And I think I, I listened on the broadcast that this was Alvin Kamara's career high rushing with 155 yards. I think he broke the record when he hit 137. So you see the difference between Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, 137 rushing yards is almost average for him. <laughs> oh, man. There's the... Yeah, good music. <laughs> ESPN, I, I got to stop looking at the box score at ESPN. They always play these clips and I can't mute it. Oh, man. Um, there's a lot of highlights from this game. There's so many from Alvin Kamara. But like I said... I don't know. I, th I would take this game with a grain of salt. This was a poor, poor performance for, from the Vikings defense. Let's move on. I think I've had enough talking about this Vikings game. Um, just moving forward, we play the Lions next week. The Lions are playing this week without a coach. If anybody was curious, uh, they have no Daryl Bevel. They have no defensive line coach, I believe. They're missing half of their staff going into this game. So they're coaching on offense or defense with some analytics guy named Evan Rothstein, who's going to be their interim head coach for this week. And he is going to give it his best shot and try to coach this team versus Tom Brady and the Bucks. And imagine that going from not even having one job as a positions coach in your entire football career uh, to being a coach in a football NFL game as a head coach versus Tom Brady. That is a big step for Evan Rothstein. I got the Lions covering, or I, I mean, I have the Bucks covering that eight and a half point spread uh, for that game. And then going to the Packers game versus the Titans on Sunday night. I think that's going to be a really good game. I think that's going to redeem the NFC North this week um, because I think you're going to see ugly games with Chicago versus Jacksonville. And this Packers game, uh, they're, a three-and-a-half-point favorite going against a really, really hot Tennessee Titan team. The Packers haven't really been challenged recently. Uh, I'd say their hardest opponent in the last four weeks was the Indianapolis Colts. So they're looking at the most dynamic offense they've probably seen all year. They might be looking at the best running back they've seen all year. The Packers struggled against Dalvin Cook in the second matchup versus Minnesota. I think the Titans are going to pull the upset. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be really cold. I think the Titans are going to win 24. I think the Packers will put up 21. I think the pace of the game is going to slow down in that weather. I think both teams are going to run the ball a lot more than usual. But I do think in a close game, I think the Titans have the offensive firepower uh, to win that game, especially with Adoree Jackson, their, one of their Pro Bowl safeties coming off of injury. Um, and then the bears versus Jacksonville, that game is going to be a boring game. Let's be honest, Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback, uh, versus Mike Glennon. That is not an impressive matchup. I think we know the bears are going to win, but it's a seven and a half point spread, which makes things complicated. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will cover the spread. The bears really don't dominate in games. They've won just one game in dominating fashion, and that was a couple weeks ago versus the Texans. 
but the Jaguars have played competitive games versus Minnesota. They played competitive versus the Vikings. Uh, I th- or I, they played competitive versus the Packers. They're a good, solid uh, fighting team, and I think at one win, I think they're going to try to show that they're not tanking, which is kind of what the Jets did this past week. Uh, without further ado, though, this has been uh, a great year, and I love that I'm doing a show on Christmas because this is the, mo- my, the most fun segment of my show. It's the NFC North Naughty List. I've compiled... What I've I've taken one player, selected one individual from each of the four NFC North teams, and I put together the Master 2020 NFC North Naughty List on Christmas Day. These individuals have been selected for their really underwhelming performance in the 2020 season, uh, and they are certainly, certainly, if they haven't already, they are getting coal from Santa Claus on Christmas. Stay tuned for the NFC North Naughty List for all of 2020. Oh, 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 everybody. Merry Christmas. Santa Claus here, ready to give my NFC North naughty list for 2020. First, and everybody has seen him before on the naughty list, Vikings right guard Drew Samia, coming in second to last in PFF at a 30 overall. Drew Samia is the worst right guard in all of football. He started just three games this year and allowed multiple sacks in all of them. Drew Samia, in addition to getting coal for Christmas, will be getting a gift card to McDonald's because a Big Mac can block arteries better than he can block a defensive lineman. Next on the list, Bears wide receiver Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller dropped many, many passes this season and... Reminded me of that Katy Perry song, Firework. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating through the wind, Anthony Miller? Next on the list, Lions linebacker Jelani Tavai. Jelani is rated top five worst linebackers in all of the NFL for Christmas. In addition to getting Jelani some coal, I will be getting him a gift card to Supercuts because he needs to get a haircut. He is disrespecting uh, Troy Palomalu wearing his hairdo with that tackling ability. Next on the list, Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling. MVS for short. Could not keep on to the ball versus the Indianapolis Colts. Losing the Packers a pivotal game that could hurt them while trying to get a number one seed in the NFC this year. Marcus Valdez-Scantling ranks in the lowest 10 of PFF wide receivers. For Christmas, I will be getting Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the book called The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. That'll do it for the NFC North, the 2020 All-NFC North Naughty List. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the NFC North Naughty List in 2020. Stay tuned for next season for an even better naughty list.
Thank you, Santa Claus. That was that was well said. Um, those guys, you could name a bunch from those teams. I was thinking uh, pretty hard about it. You could argue for Dan Bailey to be on that naughty list for the Vikings, especially after missing two uh, one extra point today. That could have cost them. It costed them another missed two-point conversion. Uh, guys on the Bears that could have gotten it were probably – there's Jimmy Graham. He's had an awful season. Honestly, anybody on that offensive line, Rashad Coward, could have been on that list. Uh, you could have put Matt Nagy on that list, their head coach, for calling atrocious plays all year. Um, and then you go to the Packers. MVS is a great candidate. Uh, their defense has been pretty bad this year, but hard to pinpoint one guy to pick. Packers have been a pretty solid team in terms of not having naughty list guys. Uh, the Lions, man, it was a who's who, but Jelani Tavai, I've watched highlights on him. He cannot tackle at the middle linebacker position. He's not going to last long in this league if he can't tackle. Um, great comment by Andy Hopper here. Dan Bailey is lucky his name is still on the roster list. After today, Andy, honestly, the guy's got to go. Uh, we know it as Bear and Vikings fans. If you're a kicker that's missing kicks, you're not going to last long. The Vikings need to find their Messiah. Uh, I'm hoping, ho- really hoping, they find a guy for next season uh, because Dan Bailey just ain't it. Uh, yeah, so that's really all I, I got for tonight. The Vikings, better luck next year. The Bears, I'm pulling for you against Jacksonville, hoping we could send multiple teams from the NFC North to the postseason. The Lions, good luck tomorrow night. That's going to be fun. Uh, and then the Packers on Sunday night on NBC versus the um, Tennessee Titans for Gabe Flayton. Oh yeah. One more comment. Andy Hopper bears have found their kicker. Santos has been awesome. Yeah. He has been nice to see that Andy. I'm really jealous of you, but yeah, for Gabe Flayton and everybody at review of preview sports, wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for tuning in and have a happy new year as well. You'll see me most likely in two weeks after week 17, this upcoming week, looking like a bye week for me. See everybody in 2021. Stay safe.